Union of the Unwanted back live on August 30th, 2021. Ricky, how's it going? Not bad, not bad. We're going to do another general topic show and bring in a bunch of uh, old friends. I mean, I wish there's something to talk about, right? This is going to be awkward, right? There's nothing going on in the world. (laughs) That was a joke. Sorry, guys. I'll leave that to Sam Tripoli. (laughs) Ricky, thanks for hooking me up with uh, with Scott Horton because I just recorded him for Macroaggressions. It'll be out on Sunday. And I'm telling you right now, man, that guy knows a lot about Afghanistan and he has the ability to explain it in a way that <clears throat> makes sense to, to everybody. You don't have to have a deep understanding. He can He really breaks it down. And man, what a fucking disaster that place is. Scott yeah. is fantastic, man. He'll he'll be on our show this Thursday. Great. Yeah, he's been on one of these before. He uh, yeah. I, I, he was on with Alex Craner. I'm trying to think who else was on that episode. But yeah, he's uh, I mean, when it comes down to geopolitics, I mean, you got to listen to Scott Horton. He's one of the most intelligent people ever, and he's one of the most pleasant people to talk to. I had yeah. him on during like the height of the COVID. Uh, thing and and um we disagreed on just about everything in regards to covid to be honest and we had like the most pleasant disagreement for like an hour and a half two hours and it was it was awesome like it we had i had so much positive feedback because they're like this is what it, it like a disagreement should be like just two people sharing their positions why they feel a certain way why they're why they're looking at things from whatever perspective they're looking at and uh and that's just basically unheard of these days because it's like people are immediately ready to jump down your throat if you disagree with them and and there is no such thing as uh you know long form discussion with somebody you disagree with so uh without a doubt but in regards to that, is that something you guys want to start off with? Uh, Afghanistan? Anybody? Is there any big story or any big, uh, uh, you know, topic you guys have been really deep into researching that you think is important to bring up? I kind of feel like Afghanistan is the distraction, uh, and I'll duck out of the conversation and let some other people jump in. But I am going to write to the Taliban for Christmas this year instead of Santa. They're they're sitting on eighty five billion dollars of hardware that I would love to get my hands on. Yeah. Well, and they still have a Twitter. Most of them still have Twitter accounts, unlike. Uh, Trump, which is... Uh, yeah, no, my buddy Magnus DM'd the Taliban spokesman and was like, hey, where could a guy get some M4s, uh, you know, this and that, and then, like, put the screenshot on Twitter. <laughs> it was like, I'm just shoot your shot, right? Just shoot your shot. <laughs> well, uh, another thing, too, guys, is that uh, you remember what happened with Libya and, uh, you know, all that gold that is just uh, laying and claimed at uh, the New York Fed. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of assets that, uh, you know, the Afghani government had with, um, you know, the U.S. that's on U.S. soil that eh, probably not going to find its way back like it, uh, you know, the Libyan gold is never going to find its way back to its people. So I thought that was an interesting thing as well. You know, how they, yeah, the financial rape continues. Well, the weird thing about Afghanistan is that I know everybody on the right is basically using it as a way to be like, oh, look at Joe Biden. He's such an idiot. Like, and I'm like, wait, you do realize like the last president was a Republican and the Afghan war has been, you know, going on forever. So it's like, mm. you know, it does seem like that now they're making it a big, like nobody cared about Afghanistan when Trump was in office, or, or I should say people from the right. So it, like Steve said, it does seem like a distraction. Like all of a sudden you guys see, do you really care about Afghanistan or are you just using it as a tool to basically 
make Biden look bad and make his administration look bad. So, uh, so, so if I could jump in, um, I don't know if anybody saw this today, but for instance, RT actually interviewed an MI6 member who said he was part of ISIS. Uh, that, that didn't get a lot of press today. Uh, put it out early in the afternoon. And lo and behold, of course, ISIS-K is behind the latest attack in Kabul. They warned us about the latest attack in Kabul the day before. I will say this. You would be very naive to think that deals have not already been cut for lithium, opium, and other resources. More than likely, they will not cut the deals with oil beyond what has been there because they are um, getting their relations, relationships back with OPEC and the Saudi family. So you can have this cyclical disaster there that we have every 20 or so years. That's another reason that we're no longer oil uh, independent. You know, that was one of the things that Trump actually did. Aside from the Great Reset, it, it creates turmoil. It puts us more dependent on foreign. Um, yes. And it's also a great excuse for the right to come out and say, oh, Joe Biden's incompetent. Joe Biden isn't fucking running anything. They, like mm. nothing. Zero. Zip. Zilch. When you play into that, you play into this false left right paradigm. But what it is doing is it is overtly showing weakness throughout the world. It is showing that we absolutely did nothing to build the infrastructure we said we would for 20 plus years in this war on terror. And globally, that shows our credibility has gone down. The United Nations can now come in with their credibility and it can further launch the validity of global governance as this president crumbles. That's my opinion. That's what I see happening. I think it is disastrous. I don't like to see death anywhere. I wanted to get out of there uh, by any means necessary, but obviously there was a way better way to get out of there. And, and let me show you what an example uh, you can kind of just look at. If Eric Prince and Glenn Beck can get privatized mercenaries in there to get people out for money, that means that you could have left, taken your military gear, surrounded that area with mercenaries, which it's drenched in anyway, and they could have been the last people to leave. So we didn't give up the Humvees, the tanks, the biometric gear, uh, the, the side fire missiles. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous. This is Ordo Abkeo. This is the Hegelian dialectic all over again. And this is, again, to delegitimize the United States' place in the global order. It certainly seems like over the past 20 years, the CIA and our State Department could, could have exerted force on Pakistan to help us curb the Taliban threat, and it just didn't happen. You're absolutely right. And, you know, the conundrum there is we keep talking about Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. Well, on its face, you know, once again, I have Joe Biden on camera talking about covering up the Pakistani ISI $100,000 wire uh, from General Mahmoud Ahmed, who was the head of the ISI at that time, through uh, Omar Saeed Sheikh, who is in a safe house right now, probably because he was an MI6 asset, by the way. Um, remember, this is the guy that got convicted of beheading De Daniel Pearl and was just released, I think, a little under two years ago. And these things are still happening. Uh, Pakistan, again, on its face, uh, Dan Rather, CBS News, they did the report. They had the people within the hospital, the doctors, the nurses. The Pakistani military was protecting bin Laden September 10th as he had medical procedures done. Where did they supposedly find him? In a uh, next to like the biggest military facility there in Pakistan. The fact that Pakistan has never overtly been named 
in the war on terror shows you what a facade the whole thing is. I couldn't agree more. Well, not to mention that the CIA abandoned Bagram Airport like two full weeks before the this pullout. The, there was a deliberate just yarding out of our gear. That's one of the reasons people are making comparisons to Saigon. <clears throat> I don't think it's as bad or as drastic, but it's early and and immediately when this happened i went on twitter and like quote tweeted the you know attack of the airport and said let saigons be saigons but i i think that that uh there were multiple opportunities to do this in a way that wouldn't have left a wake of strike Cessnas. We left strike. I didn't even know we had strike Cessnas, but now the Taliban has three of them. You know, it's the this can only be deliberate, and that's a little bothersome. Well, at this point, so everything that Jason said, given that that we have uh, some sort of tie to at least the CIA, somebody associated with USS ties to Pakistan. But Pakistan's all cozy with China. Now, China's getting all cozy with the Taliban. Meanwhile, the U.S. overtly has uh, a solid relationship with India. It just looks like one big clusterfuck down there. And all we're getting is just a little slice, little slice on the mainstream media. And everything we've seen thus far, and as you said, uh, Steve, is that it looks deliberate at this point to make us look like we're the most incompetent superpower that has uh, existed for the past uh, eh, 20 years at this point, our downfall, just like Russia? Well, it's it's funny how it happened, actually, right on the anniversary of the 50th anniversary of the U.S. going off the gold standard with Rich and Nixon. Uh, so I, I think, you know, the, 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 you know, the mess in, in Afghanistan comes basically from it's another one of these nails in the U.S. dollar coffin, uh, as I call it, where now, like, I look at, you know, any, anywhere in, in uh, Scandinavia or in Europe, you know, they're talking about, you know, the, the U.S. is kind of a fallen, you know, angel, basically. They're, like, people are starting to talk about that, that the U.S. empire is crumbling. And, and uh, that's another, you know, big thing, because it's all about trust to keep the empire afloat. And when that trust crumbles, you know, there is... Uh, a lot of players that want that trust, first of all, to crumble is you know, the, the United Nations uh, and, of course, China, Russia, and others would love to have a more multilateral uh, world where there's more powers than just uh, you know the one big, gigantic military power. Uh, so I, I think it has a lot to do with uh, economics as well. Like, you've been driving this war. $2 trillion you spent on this war down there. It's, it's gigantic clusterfuck, as we said, and uh, and it's another, you know, nail and, you know, the US dollar has to just uh, have kept on spending all this money and uh, they just can't afford it, probably. Uh, let, really. me, let me speak to this narrative of the crumbling empire, because I, I feel like it's a pre-planted narrative. Uh, eventually, they when I say they, the predator class have always wanted the United States to fall because we do have freedoms and we did have a constitution and bill of rights and we're not supposed to live in this world of signature reduction and authoritarianism just today uh, i'm in my car and iHeartRadio, maybe one of the worst purveyors of propaganda is always promoting these podcasts and usually they're bubblegum but 
as things have gotten more serious, one, for instance, was the long shot, which was all about the COVID-19 vaccine, the 200 plus years of the journey there and how great it is. And you literally have supposed experts saying, oh, these are the best things ever. I'll just keep waiting for the shoe to drop on these things. But Jesus Christ, they're just awesome. I mean, they, they might as well be served for breakfast. Today, they're promoting a new one. And I could not believe it. It is called, <laughs> I mean, it literally says, everything's collapsing around us Monday through Friday. We're going to build a better world, or at least if it's not a better one, a new one. Okay. And this podcast is called, it could happen here. So again, the promotion of the collapse of the United States and Westernized society as they bring in their build back better jerk off talking points. Um, that is reality that is being pushed everywhere in the mainstream covid 1984 is isn't even full force yet folks you wait um you see what's happening in the key to slavery pass over in new york city steve just instructed you he had to go to five different places to eat they are masking up your children they are ready to vaccinate them come this winter i promise you the fda will approve every shot and not just the ones that are out there booster shots three through five they'll keep them coming this is reality this is now. The best advice I have to people is to mobilize and peaceful non-compliance while shaming those around you that want to flex their authoritarian muscles on behalf of a predator class. Well, with the with the handover of Afghanistan, I don't know if it's a handover. I mean, it's to Taliban, but we, we everyone saw the the agreement that uh, uh, China has shaking hands with the Taliban. Over to you know over the past what, ten years, I said, "Oh, Af uh, Afghanistan has the one of the largest deposits of rare earth minerals for the production of uh, technology, electronics, and and chip manufacturing." So China could possibly control that, uh, and then uh, one of the number one chip producers in the world is Taiwan. It looks like we're just giving China everything, all control over electronic productions and communications, and we'll be what just a, a governing body and at the end of it with no real choice of communication electronically let me tell you how important taiwan is to the chip industry two of the semiconductor plants in taiwan account for 65 percent of all semiconductors and the vast majority of those make chips in taiwan like the supply chain to the U.S. in terms of shipping could be halted immediately with an interruption in semiconductor manufacturing. You know, the, it, it that's goes no joke. That. And huh? It goes beyond that. Oh yeah, I, it, might, it, 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 it might, I might be a little dated, but even the touch screens on your phones are majority made in Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah, it's and uh, to uh, oh man, I had it. There was another point too that I had. Um, and lost. Maybe it'll come back. But yeah, Taiwan is absolutely key in this. Oh, and in terms of those rare earth minerals that it looks like China has, if anybody bothered to skim the 2020 NDAA, the framework for America's new expansion into the rare earth mineral war is laid out in the NDAA. And it points to heavy competition from China and their asymmetrical superiority in rare earth mineral rights around the world. I'm, That's in there from a couple of years ago. 
Well, we, we, we must have made a choice, we, as Jason refers to him, the predator class, for the U.S. not to go into Afghanistan and do any sort, set up any sort of facility, do any sort of mining operation to, to get it in our hands so we have a direct line or a supply chain for that kind of material. Trump didn't do shit with it. He could have. He, he wanted to create businesses. He didn't do anything over there. So it, we must have made a choice not to do anything over there to benefit us at all. We just knew we weren't going to use that. Okay. They could, have, they could have privatized it, though, because I, we knew people in the 80s. My family knew a guy in the 80s who was in the precious uh, jewels business, and he said that he would, they, his team would sit on the border and wait for the Soviets to bomb Afghanistan, and then afterwards it would loosen things in, and his team would go in and mine everything. Now, we were convinced he was CIA, and he probably was. But, but there's, there's a privatization component to Afghanistan as well. I think that um, there's one thing that's making me suspicious when, you know, we're all used to kind of watching the magician, like we know to, to look in his other hand. Well, one of the things about this Afghanistan pullout that has been sort of just made to, made to appear to be uh, 100% solid is that we've left. And I don't think we've left. I don't think we're no. ever leaving. I don't think we're. I don't think we're going to leave. And in, in, we're going to change it, privatize it. The mercenary groups, the CIA, always does that through their front companies and things like that. But I don't think we're ever leaving that place. There's too much. There's too much there. We've got. We know about the poppy fields. Maybe we've cut some sort of deal with that. I don't know. We know about the minerals. That's too important for us geostrategically to leave that. So my guess is that on a public face. We've left, and on a secret, more discreet uh, face, we're there working. We're there making well, money. There's a lot of companies I, out there that are benefiting. I don't from know. This. I don't know much about Afghanistan from that standpoint, but other places I do know about here in Southeast Asia, where they say that they kicked the U.S. out, they did not. Absolutely, did not kick the U.S. out. If anything, we're, there are more people here than there were when there were bases. And they're just very under-the-radar sort of setup, that, like what you're describing. Yeah, the, like I, I actually looked at the numbers, too, on the rare earth minerals production. And actually, you know, number two is it's actually the United States is the second biggest by far in the world of producing rare earth minerals. So they have their like currently shipping everything over to Taiwan instead of like having production at home. I understand why, because it would like, it would rise the prices of everything. Like I'm all for bringing back, you know, like an centralized production around the world because our, our, John, your Skype's breaking up. Itself yeah. to be like totally in a shutdown, uh, and that could happen. Yeah, sorry. Anything needs to be decentralized. Sorry, what? your uh, your Skype is breaking out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Your your Skype just broke up. We'll come back to you as soon as it reconnects. <laughs> I was waiting for that, Mike. I knew that one was coming. Basically, that's where the future is lying. <laughs> hey, oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're a little better now. 
Okay. Yeah, no, sorry. I, I, I was just saying that, uh, like, the U.S. has a lot of rare earth minerals that they're producing themselves, 38 metric tons versus the 140, uh, thousand, sorry, 38,000 metric tons versus the 140,000 that uh, China has. So, like, the thing is, like, they need to move production back home, but then the problem is, like, you're not going to get your cheap Walmart goods anymore, right? Like, that's the problem is, yeah, I'm all for, like, bringing back and decentralizing our production, but then we're going to pay a lot more. It's going to be very high inflation. And I don't know if people can afford that uh, to be, uh, you know, a blunt, but uh, that's going to be another issue. Like, we need to decentralize. Uh, our worlds and be fully like globalized and we've shown that centralization doesn't work it's falling apart yeah I, one, one thing that i also want to jump into is uh let's share a little bit of scott's story uh the man with the metaphor on his shirt i'm kidding it's just uh pretty obvious what it means <laughs> yeah yeah i'm trying to be pretty straightforward i mean thanks ricky man like it's been a crazy week um you know, some of you guys kind of know what's been going on, but uh, you know, I was working in, so I'm here in Oregon, right? We're on the front lines of the tyranny, you know, like many of you, you know, are in other states where I know that you guys are facing it too. But here in particular, they're, uh, they're, they're really ramping things up to the point where they are making, you know, these shots, a uh, mandatory piece of your, of employment if you're in the healthcare or education field. So if you're a teacher, if you're in the healthcare field, Come October 18th, you will be required to take the shots and there's no alternative for testing. There's no alternative for anything really. So, um, so that, you know, I, I worked in behavioral health. I was a drug and alcohol counselor, you know, so my particular facility is known as a, uh, considered healthcare. They get all their funding from the state, state of Oregon. So, um, you know, beginning of August, I started, uh, becoming very vocal at my agency, uh, sending out agency wide emails talking about, um, well, so the first one was kind of a I sent out a sarcastic email. I said, um, oh, and in the, the initial email from the agency, they had said that uh, masks were also going to be required. They doubled down on the mask thing. You know what I mean? Also stating that they were going to be requiring these shots. And so my email was, okay, so you're making us wear masks because the shots don't work, but you're also making us take the shots. Okay, I got it. Right. So very sarcastic email. And that kind of put a huge target on my back. You know what I mean? And then, and then from there... I could feel like a definite shift and, and there's more to this story too. You know, actually it's kind of awesome. I was on actually Ryan with Ryan, Chris John, last American Vagabond this morning. I broke down the story. I'm super grateful. I think that he said they'll come out tomorrow, but that's the full story. But just for time's sake here, you know, that there was that. And then a couple of weeks after that, or I guess it would have been like the week before last. So maybe a week and a half after, but um, they basically, yeah, made the official declaration that there will be no uh, option for testing and that the agency was going to go along with that. However, there was some language in there around, uh, you know, religious exemptions, right? So for me, I've just been like 100%. No, I'm not going to acquiesce. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to print out a little counterfeit card. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm not going to play their game in any way, shape or form. And even the religious exemption piece was not, I, I wasn't like, that wasn't something that resonated with me very much, but Ed, you know, our co-host here, you know, he reminded me, you know, in the medical freedom movement, this is how they've been fighting it with their kids for decades. And so I was like, okay, well, if this is the the way we need to fight the fight, then that's the way we need to fight the fight. So I ended up sending an agency-wide email. Oh, so after that first agency-wide email, it's worth mentioning that they actually changed the protocol to where employees can no longer send agency-wide emails. <laughs> so they had to disrupt any potential subversion, future subversion, right? I found a way around that though. I found a way around that, whereas the, the executive director sent out an email to the whole agency about the new mandate or whatever. 
I just hit reply all to her email and then press the plus button on the outlet group and it populated everybody's email address and the send line. So there you go. So I sent another agency wide email and, and, and this one, I said, if you need help, if you, if let's see, what was it? It said, so if you need help or need any guidance navigating how to obtain religious, moral, philosophical, or religious or medical exemptions, let me know. I said, we got lots of doctors and lawyers on our side and you're not alone. And, you know, you know, lo and behold, I got several people that reached back out to me and they were like, oh my God, I had no idea that anybody felt this way. And they were like super scared. I had some that were just crying with me on the phone. And uh, it's just like super scary times. Um, some of them didn't realize that there was any other alternative or other people within it because the agency as a whole is just, it's just, you know, I can feel the spike proteins floating in the air when I walk down the hall, man. It's like, 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 yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? So, um, so that was really positive, man. And like, I really got, I got some folks plugged in with some of our local telegram groups, like our local, local freedom cell groups. I got them plugged in with uh, Oregonians for medical freedom, which is a, you know, big advocacy group that's really involved with, you know, getting out there in the streets. Um, People's rights, which is another great group locally that's been doing a lot of good work. Um, and then also sent them some of the links to, so for, and for anybody listening too, you know, uh, definitely recommend checking these out too. Um, uh, so if you go to americasfrontlinedoctors.com forward slash religious, there's a really good breakdown that kind of explains the process of how to, or what they're looking for. Um, it kind of just breaks it down into a way that kind of makes sense because when they say religious, like according to the law, like it's a pretty broad interpretation from my understanding is that, you know, that includes moral and philosophical objections as well. So, you know, and of Supreme course it's all going to be dependent on what that, uh, it, uh, even an atheist is religious. Is yeah, religion, sure, 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 religion, yeah. sure. Exactly. So, so there's a way to, to, to approach it, you know, if that's going to be the way that you're going to handle it at your place of employment. But, uh, another really good one too is, um, it's a newer website um, started by Bob Snee and uh, I've, I believe affiliated with Oregonians for Medical Freedom. It's called uh, EmployeesForInformedConsent.com. And they also have a, a really good repository of links and resources on how you can uh, learn more about how to, how, to, how to come up with your own. So anyway, so, that, so I sent out that email, got really connected with some folks. And uh, not long after that, um, I went into work on Wednesday morning and... Uh, I tried to log into my computer and it said, it said, oh, this account has been suspended. So I'm like, oh, okay, right on. So I just packed up all my stuff and I had it sitting by the door and just sat there waiting for them to fire me. And they came in and basically said that I'd violated their technology policy and come to later to find out that it was because they accused me of downloading malware on a work computer. So to me, I just felt like. I just wow. proof. Where's the proof yeah. of that? I know, I know I'm working on that, but it's like, you know, I, I feel like it was just definite retaliation. And I feel like it was like, are, are all employees being held to the same standard? Are all employees being monitored to that same degree? Or is this, you know, specific? So, you know, I don't know. Anyway, guys, that's just kind of what's been going on in my world. And just ever since then, you know, new doors have been opening up, man. It's crazy. It's so crazy how like the universe is just kind of like, like, it's just, it's been crazy, you know? And, and, and Sam, thank you too, man. Like, <laughs> I really appreciate the support that you guys have giving me through this so anyway that's that's it man it's like it's getting real it's getting real and uh you know they've just you know the, the, the tyranny has made me stronger the tyranny has made me stronger and i'm 100 so, I'm sure of it so scott if you're gonna fight yeah. that and they're gonna accuse you of downloading malware ask for yeah. the, all the logs of the downloads yeah. and then ask yeah. specifically for the malware signature and okay. if they don't know what that is that means yeah. that they're they're bullshitting you because yeah, totally. every malware will have like a hex signature that designates okay. what it is. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. 
So yeah, that's what's been going on. In I know here. I came in late, but that sounds like they gave you a great out. Yeah, because they could technically be like, yeah, you didn't get the vaccine, and that seems to be the standard in which they want us all to live under. But yeah. if they told you it's because you put malware on there, now yeah. that's actually a bullshit reason. Yeah, and they probably just gave you a softball pitch. Yeah, totally. Totally. I feel, I feel there's a lot of that too. You know, um, it, it was definitely, I feel in retaliation for like, mo like, like marshalling up like, uh, people within the agency that were, uh, you know, resistant to this. Um, another thing really worth mentioning too, I think that is super important to get out there is that, um, I found out just, I think it was Friday. I found out that, um, the agent, that agency they used to work for, uh, I haven't quite named names yet. I'm not quite there yet. I don't know how this is going to play out. So I'm just in the interest of just whatever. I'm going to just keep that to myself for now. But anyway, uh, basically they are now. So it's a, like I said, it's a drug and alcohol counseling uh, place. You know, we're doing drug and alcohol counseling. Uh, they're one of the main places that have residential inpatient facilities. And now they have decided that they are only admitting people to the residential program who have been vaccinated. So all of our fears about, you know, being denied medical treatment on the basis of your vaccine status, that's become a reality. And that's not any sort of like mandate. That's not part of the mandate or the guidelines here in the state. That's just this agency taking it upon themselves to do, to take it to the next level. And, and just, you know, putting their beliefs above, you know, first do no harm and just what's right. And, you know, carrying the message to the addict who still suffers and all that stuff, man. Like, it's just like, it's beyond reproach in my opinion. And, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's just frightening. So I'm in yeah. a lot of recovery meetings and yeah. I hear nothing but fear of the unvaccinated. It yeah. is uh, truly unbelievable. The amount yeah. of fear there is out there. Like, I don't know if you guys saw a post going around on Instagram. They were talking about uh, Cole Beasley and they uh, basically suspended him because he was near a vaccinated employee who had tested positive. It's like the most bizarre, like you couldn't even write it in a Rick and Morty's episode. It was so incredibly retarded. And, but that's the bizarro world that we are living in at this moment. But, you know, for me, man, I just, I just honestly feel that uh, people are waking up to it. And we have a lot of people right now, I think they have a little bit of buyer's remorse and they just want us to get into that as well. And they mm -hmm. want us to be part of this kind of oops group that did something against their, their kind of their common sense. And we're seeing right now a great awakening more than I've ever seen before. So I have hope in humanity. I think this is all just passing through. Um, well, I hope so. if I could just quickly jump in. Um, you know, I, I see more and more of these mandates and people losing their jobs. And even here in Iowa, where the vaccine passports have supposedly been banned, there's a loophole for uh, healthcare workers. Okay. So I was at uh, Genesis yesterday. There was a few hundred of us. No one in mass. Now, remember, the majority of these people are healthcare workers and doctors. Okay. And their families. No one wearing masks. Three people from the mainstream media, two of those people masked up. Um, I obviously gave them an earful. You can watch all that over at Rockfin. Uh, I think these people need to be confronted. Now, let's talk about where all this stuff is even dangerous beyond your work, beyond your entry into a business and being able to survive. So two weeks and a day ago, I got a text from uh, my sister and the vast majority of my family is still in New York. The vast majority of them, other than my immediate family, have taken these shots. Okay. 
So I get a text and I see uh, something about my Aunt Candy. Now, my Aunt Candy has been in and out of hospitals for a decade plus, is on all sorts of medications. I just assume what I'm getting is probably she's in the hospital for COVID. I am stunned when I open it and I find out that my 30-year-old autistic cousin who's never had a job, uh, pretty much is taken care of at home, doesn't leave the house, the mother doesn't leave the house, is not only in the hospital, but is on a ventilator out of the gates. Okay? So, my aunt and he did not get the vaccine, but my uncle did. Now, I want to remind everybody that they don't leave the house. Okay? So, they go to the hospital, and my aunt tests positive, although she's not showing many symptoms. They want to keep her for observation. The moment they get you in there, and this is St. Luke's Hospital in New York. I absolutely want to put them on blast. They are fucking demons. Okay. You are cut off from primary care. I talked to my uncle as soon as I found out about this, probably within three hours of them being admitted. So I could get exactly what had happened. He told me they had cut them off from their primary care within 48 hours of my aunt being there. And remember, not showing many symptoms. If any, she was also on a ventilator. Okay. My uncle tests positive. Remember, he's the one that's vaccinated. He's the one that gave this to them. There is no one else could, who could have given it to them. They did not leave the house for weeks before this happened. I want to reiterate that. Okay. He then gets isolated from them where he can't visit them or even go to the hospital after the fact to talk to them. Now, in the first couple of days, he was able to go to the hospital and talk to the doctors. So, I, of course, I, Dr. Richard Bartlett actually gave me a call. I told him I could get him a prescription for ivermectin, budesonide, you name it. When he told the doctor that he wanted to give them budesonide and ivermectin, the doctor explained, and first of all, my aunt could be given nothing. When they put her in the ICU, they cut her off from all of her medications she'd been on for the last 12 years because of COVID and her kidneys began to fail. That's why she's probably still going to die. Okay. I gave him lawyers, numbers, everything. The doctor looked him straight in the eye and told him remdesivir was the same thing as ivermectin. Now, they put Johnny, my 30-year-old cousin, on remdesivir. Thank God he was taken off a ventilator two days ago, and he left the ICU today. He's probably going to be permanently damaged. He was put on dialysis. His kidneys failed at points. None of this had to happen. And my aunt is still out there. And remember, they got 40 grand out of the gates as soon as they brought him in and put him on that fucking vent. And he cannot think for himself. My uncle did not know what to do. Um, he felt helpless. You know, he thanked my mother after the fact. He showed me texts. He, he called me a couple times. But I'm going to tell you right now, people are fucking weak, man. They're weak. And it makes me sad that I'm not strong enough to reach even my own family in many cases. Okay. So I, I think right now, more than ever, it is the time to grow the fuck up. And realize yep, not yep. only is this the takeover, but the next step beyond these localized mandates, because I already told you five months of booster. Okay. And this fucking fully vaccinated bullshit. Anyone can look this up. You can type it in now. They only consider you fully vaccinated after two shots and two weeks after. You go to the hospital 13 days after the second shot. They consider you unvaccinated. That's not bullshit. Okay. That's how they've, they, they've, they've curbed all these numbers. It's about a 50-50 mix of people that have gotten this quote-unquote Delta variant, which is these motherfuckers that are taking the shots and getting people sick. So we have to realize we were hit with a bioweapon. Now they're injecting people with bioweapons. The next thing they want to do is inject your fucking kids with bioweapons. Look well, to and Australia. Create, and create antibody-dependent humans. Well, 
listen, I, we, we can get into the, the weird transhumanist science if you want, but the bottom line of this is I was explaining this to my buddy, um, you know, uh, I think about a week ago. We were in a restaurant. We were in Hooters trying to enjoy ourselves. I'm trying to enjoy myself in a place where. Uh, Who still goes to Hooters? It's this guy, right here, guy with two thumbs. That's who fucking Sam. no idea. He lives no. for the wings. You're, you're low over there, by the way. I do live for the wings. So we're That's like there. a Christian strip bar. Easy guy. Good time. Easy. <laughs> they anyway. do. They lack the commitment to go to the poll. Sam's absolutely right there. So, all right. Listen. So we're there. And I'm explaining this to my buddy, Justin, who's been in Hollywood. He actually has done like one of those paranormal ghost shows that uh, maybe Mike from OBDM has actually seen and all this stuff. And I'm explaining that and he can't grasp that a doctor would do that or that they would purposely hurt these people. Okay. And then I explained to him what's happening in Australia, the amount of cases, the lockdowns, the fact that kids are being like literally taken from their parents for medical procedures. He can't believe it. He looks me in the eye, goes, all right, well, I got a buddy in Australia. He goes, well, what would you ask him? I go, it's pretty simple. Just ask him, hey, I'm seeing things about these COVID restrictions there. How bad are they? Within 30 seconds, he gets a thing this long. He goes, brother, I wish I had your gun laws. I need to get my family out of Sydney immediately and find a way out of the country. We are lost. And then there's a long conversation because now my friend has turned white while we're trying to enjoy ourselves with some tits and wings. Okay. He's turned white and he looks through this thing and then he hands me the phone and he goes, Hey, hey what's this flag he sent me? He's got very bad eyesight because the picture that was sent by his friend was a picture of a predator drone over his house. I then clicked on it. I said, that's a predator drone. This is the this this is the head. That's the tail. These are the wings. That's the camera on the end to surveil him. And he just he fucking couldn't believe it. He's still in shock two weeks later. And now he's starting to get it. That is a fully westernized nation that has been disarmed. And right now, more than ever, they are what? Demonizing the American populace, making it about domestic terror, having guys with big old bombs in their lap saying, Joe, Biden, I don't want to do it, Joe Biden. I don't want to do it. Having, having Marine guys collapse, and this is a true story, the public is so dumbed down and unaware of what's going on. I'm sitting next to Pat Militich at Denny's. I'm very classy, by the way. Hooters, Denny's, you know, I'm going to admit I'm that guy. We're fucking at Denny's, and, and the woman overhears our conversation about COVID, and she looks us dead in the eye, and she goes, you know what I saw in the news? I saw they were going to start treating that with horse vaccines. And I looked at her and I said, no, ma'am, that's not what they said on the news. And I tried to explain to her that now ivermectin, which has won Nobel prizes and been used for decades to cure diseases in humans, is being demonized because they're giving it to horses and it's effective for COVID as well. So they want to make you think it's for a horse's eye. She, she looked at me like the whole thing. I explained it real slow. And then she goes, now nah, something different. They're going to treat it with horse fat. <laughs> I fucking, it was over. It's, it's fucking shot, dude. So listen, I'm telling everybody, it is peaceful non-compliance. It is not my fucking child. It is I will quit my job. It is I don't want your UBI. It's call the cops on me if you want me to leave the business because I'm not going. I'm done. I'm done fucking around. I'm done playing pretend. I'm not wearing a mask anywhere. My brother is in New York. He's dealing with this, right? His wife is a teacher and his kid is in school in her senior year looking to get scholarships because she's an athlete. And he's walking it. These are all healthy kids without a mask 
in a fucking field hockey meeting with all these teenagers and, and, and grown adults wearing masks after the fact, after a bunch of them are fucking double shot up. And remember, eight months on a booster, not five. And Gates told you there would be boosters. I told you there would be boosters. They said three to five shots out of the gate. They took those videos down. Those were from April of 2020. Oh, you yeah. think they just magically figured it out? Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm, I'm sick of playing with children. I'm sorry I'm angry. But, you know, there comes a point where not only your job, but it's your fucking family. I am extremely lucky that my fan base and especially free speech platforms like Rockfin have empowered me more than ever this year to do what the fuck I want. But I promise you, man, that the time for games is over. Has anyone seen um, the phone, home phone call of the head of the FDA yet today? The FDA commissioner? So for those that don't know about that, shout out to Monograph. You know, he does some really good work. I don't agree with everything over there, Monograph. But he called up, uh, I, I don't remember what his name is, Jane or whatever. What is her name? Does anybody know? Jane, Jane Woodcock? Yes, yes. Called her up at her home. Okay, very sly. And I got to give him, I, my heart would probably have been going a mile a minute. Calls her up at her home. Is Jane there or Janet? She says, this is her. And he tells her the, his name, that she's on the show live, okay? And asks her whether or not the vaccines on the market um, are the ones that have just been approved via Pfizer, right? And whether or not the liability shield is waived. And she is shook on the phone. She directs him to the press corps and then she says, well, it's complicated. She doesn't say uh -huh. the liability is gone. Uh -huh. She says it's complicated and then hangs up the phone. It ain't fucking, it's a yes or no fucking question. And, you know, I've, I've refrained from reporting on any of that. And I've seen it all. I've seen Robert Malone. I know that it's making its rounds. But that guy, that's some fucking, that's what we need to do, period. We need to put these people on blast everywhere at their house. I'm not call, calling for physical harm, but physical harm and tyranny and oppression and monetary, financial, every harm you can imagine has come our way. This is World War fucking four, and it's us versus the fourth industrial revolution, transhumanist predator class. And I've got a fuck you for them on every level. I agree, dude. <laughs> I really do. Tits and wings. This is what happens. You piss people off. So I want to real quick talk about uh, this notion of hospitals being packed. <laughs> I think what people don't realize about hospitals is they're just basically hotels, okay? And, you know, I was blessed to have my two children just before COVID hit. So me and, and, and uh, Martha would be going to the hospitals before COVID. And let me tell you something, man. The hospitals were packed. They were packed because... That's how hospitals make money, by filling all their hotel rooms. This notion that hospitals are overwhelmed, therefore we have a problem, is completely illogical. These, these businesses and buildings are built to be packed constantly. They just happen to be packed when everyone's looking at them now. That people weren't paying attention to how packed the hospitals were before. Mm -hmm. Their whole job is to have every cot full because that's how they make their money. And everybody that works there is complicit in trying to keep that place packed. That's why they, they, that's why they tow the line. And the ones that don't get fired 
Okay. And some start only fans, but that's a whole different discussion. Well, Here's not. my whole opinion. What? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, my, my whole thing is, uh, you know, I mean, I know I'm joking around here, but I, I really do believe the key is to really waking up women to this because women seem to be the ones who can get stuff done. I mean, look at OnlyFans ban pornography for a week. Women went so nuts, they flipped it back. And now you can still do pornography on OnlyFans. We ha I mean, the fact that I know women who are some of the most open-minded human beings on the planet that are just like, they can't understand that telling someone they don't have the right to, to choose and forcing somebody to get a vaccine is the same fight. They can't, they can't grip it. It seems like two different things. And it's because their team is on the opposite side of the discussion at this point. You know, liberals are always for, for free choice, but for some reason they throw that out. Now they want everybody to have to get this government mandated vaccine. They can't see it. So, you know, that's just my opinion. I mean, we just have things where people are going nuts over stuff that has always been happening. Hospitals are always going to be full. That's the whole, I don't remember going to a hospital and it wasn't chaos every time I went there. That's the model. That is the business. We got to stop letting people say, the, 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 uh, the amount of doctors that I hear BSing their patients, I hear the ERs overran. They're always overran. That's what they do. That's the point. Is that's how they make all the money. When you see an empty hospital, that's a hospital's about to close. It's not well, doing well. They designated certain hospitals COVID hospitals too. So they were turning out, let's say you had five hospitals in a town. One of them was designated the COVID hospital. They would send all of the COVID patients from the other four hospitals to it and then be like, oh, my God, the hospital's overrun with COVID patients. I don't I don't know if they're doing that this round, but it wouldn't surprise me if they still had those designations because that allows them to be like, well, the hospitals are jam packed and it's all the, the unvaccinated people to Jason's point about you can walk in 13 days after your double jab and still be counted unvaccinated. I do Steve. want to suggest uh, go. Huh? Well, I just wanted to say I give you a lot of credit, dude, because. You're like one of the guys out there that I would say you come from the the left. The more you're more of a liberal. Maybe you're not a libertarian, but you. I've seen a lot of people that you and I have done shows with that have a lot of respect with. Some I'm unnamed. Some I'm not going to name. But you know, there have been over the last five years pushing that you know don't trust the military industrial complex. Don't tr trust the press. They're constantly lying to us. And now these people are just like get the vaccine. They're like the military, the government, the media all could be bought, but scientists can't be bought. It, like Andrew Amata, uh, is that his name? I mean, I am blown away how this guy's made his bones off of telling us about the government and the media lying about Syria. And then he just can't stop pushing this narrative that there's no other place for him to have gotten it than through mainstream media because they're all mainstream media talking points. And we have other guys I love that I don't really want to say their name because they're friends of mine. And I think that I just don't want to get into it with them. But man, they, they have pushed this narrative about don't trust the media, don't trust uh, the government. Don't trust the military industrial complex. But when it comes to science, they just got to deep throw every single thing that comes off uh, on the media. And, and Sam, meanwhile, 
Moderna is DARPA. This mRNA tech openly took off in a partnership from 2013. They brag about it. In fact, you know what? I'll, let's just type it in. Let's bring it in over here for for those that haven't seen it on this this video of the union of the unwanted. But their partnership, I mean, it was out in the open. I, I mean, it's it's not like, bam, you know, <laughs> like you could go 2013. We partnered with DARPA. Like, like, that's it. It is military industrial complex technology. It's so in your face. And that that's another point. I never, and I warn people, everybody was saying it's experimental and it's, you know, not FDA approved. And I said, dude, it's nothing experimental about this shit. It's just a larger cesspool. They know exactly what they're doing with this thing, number one. And the FDA is going to approve all of it. And literally 48 hours before they approved it, they started attacking ivermectin. I mean, the FDA, a drug which they've approved for humans, they openly started attacking on social media with, you're not a horse, y'all. Like, if they don't think you're a fucking child talking to you like that, I it really bothers me, man. Did you see that commercial that was running on Australian television? I haven't. If you want to oh. play it. You mean the euthanasia commercial? Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a parody. <clears throat> I could. The Nazis would have it, never. Dude, never. it ever dared before we get to that there there is something i wanted to bring up and that is like we we've had bitcoin episodes on this show we've had episodes where we've talked about like different forms of economies mm -hmm. that that we can be a part of that don't have an attachment to yeah, a central government that's one of the ways that we do that. Counter economics is a, like one of the most impactful nonviolent ways to break the this machine, or at least develop a, a system of you know mutual trade, networking, and, and the ability to develop a parallel society outside of it. According to Agenda Twenty One and Agenda Twenty Thirty, we do have that option. So, so I would say go for that. Sam just had a, a wonderful interview with like one of my best friends in the world, uh, Ben Balderson. I just moved up <clears throat> onto his property and got some of his acres and I'm buying, you know, building my house and building a recording studio up there. It, it's um, I would suggest to anyone to throw an anti-mandate event in your town. If you don't already have a freedom cell like Scott does, if you're not already active in one, this is how you meet them. This is how you form that. You throw an event that would attract the people that you want in your freedom cell in the first place, and you start networking. Like <clears throat> Jason's right. It, it's not going to let up anytime soon, especially in major cities. Again, I had to go to five different places in San Francisco before I could eat breakfast because they want me to show my fucking papers. And I lied my ass off to them. I said, you know what? I do have my papers, but I refuse to take part in this. And then I walked out. I'm not going to give you my business because you're doing this, is what I told them. And then I left. I, I, I don't know. Fucking insane. It is insane. Should, should we play the uh, euthanasia uh, yeah, commercial? Does anybody do, know what this do is? That. Do that. So, so guys, for the, for the to set this up, okay, we're going to bring it up on the background here. This was news.au. So this is mainstream um, uh, Australian news. And they took a supposed letter from a nurse and they dramatized it into this commercial where if you protest 
uh, lockdowns. You're a COVID denier, but they're going to take care of you anyway as you die. But we'll, we'll get, I mean, it's, I couldn't believe it was real. So let's just play this thing. Whilst people were protesting their freedom from lockdown and anti-vaccination rhetoric, I was at work, washing my hands, wearing a mask, using hand sanitizer, giving people antibiotics via drips, checking blood, relieving pain with analgesics, all scientific evidence-based interventions. If any of these people end up in hospital, will you be wanting your nurses to wear masks, wash their hands, give antibiotics, check bloods and relieve your pain? Will you seek scientific evidence-based interventions to prevent you from further illness? Because even if you are cherry-picking what to believe in now, you can trust that we will give you the best, the kindest and most holistic scientific care we can provide. If you are to catch COVID and your body cannot fight any longer, then we will make you as comfortable as possible. We will wash your body with warm flannels and gently roll you and surround you with white cloud pillows to prevent painful areas developing. We will hold your hand and talk to you gently, laugh at ourselves and sing songs. We will turn on the electric oil burner to envelope you in sweet, calming fragrance. The lights will be low. You can relax now. When you're very close to the end, your family will be called. Salty tears splashing across their cheeks while they whisper, I love you, into the receiver, a lifetime away. At the end, after your last breath, we will be there to offer condolences. Sorry we couldn't do more. Sorry your heart is broken. We will care for you until the caretaker comes to zip you up in a thick rubber cadaver bag and roll you away. You brave COVID denier. Oh, this makes me angry. What the fuck was that? They're, how do they're you losing blood? the information war. If you have to make videos like this, they're losing the information war. This is actually a good sign mm-hmm. because you don't have to make these commercials if things are going your way. And I would tell I mean, Australia is out of their fucking minds. And, and we need an airlift of weapons to Australia like immediately. They've you remember disarmed. when yes. the CIA did Operation Baby Lift in Vietnam and they got the like 3,000 children? We need to do instead of like exploiting Australians through adoption agencies, we should just rescue them and, you know, take them somewhere where they don't have to live under that. Well, that, that's a good sign of like how, you know, like all these like civil wars all over the world are just all controlled by the military industrial complex because somehow these rebels get all these weapons. You're like. If they could just appear out of nowhere, why wouldn't Australia have all these weapons? Why wouldn't they be loaded up to the teeth and pushing against the government? Well, because the military-industrial complex doesn't want them to win. So they want them to feel the pain and suffering. Everything. Like when you go into Vietnam, when we went into Vietnam, and the Viet Cong had all those weapons, that was done purposefully. They are on both sides unless they want one side to win. What, hap- what happened to... Uh, the internet, whereas like 10 years ago, if there was a straw man argument on the internet, you'd be called out for 
making a straw man argument. Now it's nothing but straw man arguments. That commercial, they're equating like tried and true uh, like, uh, sterilization methods with a brand new piece of software. Uh, it, like it's that's what infuriates me is, is, is straw man arguments nonstop all day long. I well, look at that. I mean, you had a kid in there, right? You had a, you had a little girl on the ventilator. You had a buff, like twenty year old dude on the ventilator. They told you they were going to treat you with holistic medicine. You know, I mean, this, the, the the amount of propaganda in that was completely and totally disturbing. And you're right. They are losing the war there because they have the lowest vaccination rates, yet they also have the lowest infections and death. But again, they don't have guns. They don't have freedom. They have an authoritarian uh, police force. I don't know if you guys have seen the video yet, uh, but you had these dudes dressed up head to toe in white in the hazmat things, faces covered in bulletproof motherfucking vests, dragging a woman out of her home because she visited Turkey and didn't isolate for two weeks afterwards. Not because no. she tested positive or she was around somebody that tested positive. Just like I told you in those CDC shielding documents, she was just a high-risk individual. That's how warped this is. How you doing, Ryan? It's good to see What's you, What's up, guys? What's up? What's up, Ryan? How are you? Well, I don't understand Australia because that's where the UK send all their criminals. So you think they would have a pair, right? They'd be like, you don't want to piss off these guys. These guys are, they got DNA of violent criminals, but I was, uh, I, I have a friend who is a former Australian army attorney. He, the whistleblower, he's the guy who presented what became Australia's version of the Afghanistan papers. The ABC there released it. Their offices subsequently got raided. Um, they have dropped the charges against journalists, but when they raid the news offices, they take everybody's laptop. They don't just take the journalist they're going after. They take all of the equipment. Uh, his name's David McBride. Um, what he has told me is that uh, the further up in the military there that he rose, the more he became aware that Australia was the U.S.'s 51st state. And <laughs> that in the mid-60s, the CIA basically gained a stranglehold, not just on government, but on media and on manufacturing and industry there. Um, <clears throat> that's never really let up. So Australia has been used more or less as an incubator um, or just open air test lab for eventual neoliberal shit shows that occur here in the States. How about the commercial that's running right now of uh, or the uh, news segment where the lady's talking about the guy in the elevator who is breaking protocol by living his life and he's on the run right now do you guys no, see that him. i covered it as him. it came out i'm sorry go ahead brother you haven't talked yet they, they just caught him sam they, they uh they got that guy um the, that criminal that they call him a criminal for sneezing that's what it is the yeah. guy that sneezed up into the air like or like he just didn't do a sneeze arm by himself god that's crazy yeah, I can't yeah, believe that's yeah. even really still going on. I thought you said it was a commercial, Sam, when you started talking. But yeah, I've, I've seen that blow up and become like a, I mean, it's, it's something they're using that guy as a martyr. I mean, like the idea that you can be alone somewhere in an enclosed space and not and, ha and not cover your mouth and that's actually actual crime fits exactly where we are right now. I can't even Or that it. leaving your house. 
right. is a now a crime because this guy had COVID or he broke protocol and he's not at his place anymore. So they got to, oh, dude, he's a man on the run. And this, this is where, this is really what this is all about, which is what? Social credit score, right? That's what this is all about. And that, that new segment plays into that where it's like, hey, man, have you seen this guy? This guy's li he's living his life. But, you know, he's on the run because of covid. Tell us so we can save you. And that's where this is all going to social credit score. Catherine Austin Fitz just had a great interview with Taylor tonight, and she was she laid down a couple really interesting things about that, about the, the as we all probably agree, the vaccine passport sort of being like the the, the in her mind, the real focus of all of this it's all leading to that kind of like choke point and it has to do, and she believes it has to do predominantly with finances and not so much with health and everything else i mean i tend to feel there's more of that sinister aspect in there too but i i definitely see that funnel right it's a social credit score the the passport everything else leading you right into that choke point and then that guy who it doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not we all know that and once they set that down your choices don't matter anymore that's where we are right now i think well, I think what that gets coupled with is the automation. And I read this on my show earlier, but this, this is from a, <laughs> this is from an actual uh, chief engineer at a small defense contractor. I'm not going to read his name, but it's real. I looked him up and basically, again, I've been talking about how the robots are taking over. I've told you about the DARPA dogs. We now have the Domino's delivery. Amazon's going to have box stores and more places, but they're also going to have the automated uh, driverless cars where the robot, if you haven't seen it, he gets out. He looks like something out of the Clone Wars, only a little bit skinnier. He's like all curled up. And then he gets out and he gives you your box and he gets back in. So this is what the defense contractor had to say, okay, uh, on, on a private message because my friend posted this on uh, Facebook. He goes, good afternoon, Mike. I'm not going to make this statement public on your post because people won't understand or like what I have to say. But you're right in your post about automation. I'm the engineer for a small defense contractor. Over the past 18 months, I've automated 65% of our processes. Over the next year, I'll automate an additional 20%. Two months ago, I started another manufacturing company and it's fully automated. It runs 24 seven, 365. It only requires a human, that is a human, to be there to load raw materials once a day and it only takes two hours. People have no idea how easy it is to automate 80% of the jobs out there now. Very few jobs cannot already be automated. Discuss. Can they podcast yet? <laughs> they'll listen you know they'll have that shitty ai podcast or they'll just have somebody in the background writing it right and then they'll have the ai bot like they have the news in japan We're you know not for nothing but i have seen some incredibly robotic interviewers rise through the <laughs> ranks man it's happened it's happened NPR. Yeah. <laughs> There's an incredibly uh, interesting piece of technology called Descript. It's an application. You can upload 10 minutes of your own voice, and it'll transcribe it. But then you can go in and write your own script, and it does a really good job at emulating your voice or anybody's voice mm -hmm. you choose to upload. You should be called deep faking. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, there are YouTube videos that break down lots of movies, and it's done by an automated voice. I don't know what the main focal topic was tonight in general, but I'm curious whatever. I, I, that's been something it's about that, the Jews. 
No, no it's not. All it did. All find it its did. way out there all somehow, and the whole thing. <laughs> no, but the 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 deep fake part of this, though, right? The for I don't understand how it hasn't already been something like this has been here for so long, right? The deep fake topic. That, I mean, like you're talking about, people can literally download apps and make deep fakes that I swear to God would trick us right now on their phone in like half an hour. Imagine what they could be doing and already possibly are doing. I'm just curious what you guys think about that, because I'm surprised that hasn't already been well, like a ploy, like with, like an election. I, I mean, or, I, I we, looked, we looked at it as a company over a year ago because we were doing instructional videos, and we knew that the people who were doing the voiceover had a limit to how much time they could spend uh, recording. So we were looking at it just from a standpoint like, well, man, we, we can write a lot more scripts than we can Ooh. have people record. Uh, so I could see a pragmatic side to it, especially if you were a person wanting to keep your brand up. But on the other hand, faking people out, yeah, impersonating people, making them look bad, uh, yeah, a lot of nasty stuff can happen with deep fake. Deep fake, or making people look like they're doing something that they didn't do, or like you know we've, we've right. seen, we already see the 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 FBI, Apple sort of like your porno or a, a child porn on your phone kind of thing. That we right. always see that's going. What when right. like, what we wake up tomorrow and suddenly there's things circulating where we did something we well, didn't do or you know automated has already happened yet. They automated every uh, episode. You can't business. believe anything that's digital, right? No. And it doesn't have to be completely perfect. It just has to be good enough for the targeted audience that they're trying to sway. And they already have the analytics on who, what group believes what or what they're most likely mm -hmm. to believe. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be good enough for 30% of the people. And then the rest of that, that tidal wave will carry like another 10 to 40, 10 to you know 15% or something like that. So it doesn't got to be perfect. And right now we're there to where... I don't know if that's a legal defense, though. <laughs> it should be, but it hasn't gotten there yet. Not, not yet, uh, but who knows? Uh, given the narrative, I would say that it will take decades for them to say it's not legal, uh, not admissible. And who knows what real technology is out there, right? I mean, like, so there's this video out there, these special effects guys, and they want to talk about the moon landing videos. And I know a lot of you guys don't want to go into that, and I, I totally respect I that. But they're, they're always like, they're, they were like, we didn't have this technology then. I go, but all we've ever heard forever is that the military is 50 years ahead of us. So what... How do we know that the military didn't have that technology to pull kind of craziness off? I know that's a little bit murkier waters than some of you guys like to go, which is it's fine with me. But it's just like you don't know what kind of technology they have, how far they can go. I mean, like how many how many of these bots on the social media, how many of these trolls are giving you crap are actual people? Right. I, I mean, mean, it's it's unbelievable. Let me, great, let me speak for the. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Let me speak to the NASA thing really quick. So, number one, and then I'm and then I want to bring it around to another thing that uh, is really worrisome about deep fakes right now, especially real time deep fakes, is that technology was uh, illustrated to be very very good uh, back when Barack Obama was still president. They were showing him. They were showing Vladimir Putin in real time. 
Um, there was George Bush in real time. It wasn't that great up close, but say you add a few artifacting to it, and all of a sudden you have what? Telepolitics. And in a world now where senators don't have to show up and congressmen don't have to show up, I think that's a real and now legitimate factor that you could have somebody with a deep fake video of a politician on the other side during a hearing and be able to fool everybody at this point right now. Now, speaking to the NASA angle, it's really funny because Boston Dynamics just tweeted out a video of uh, the new Atlas bot, right? So the new Atlas bot, it's running around, it's up on sides now, it's it's really going to kill you. And in, the, in like the two lines, it said, wow, we wonder if the Atlas bots will be on the 2024 NASA mission to the moon. And all I could think of myself <laughs> is number one, you know, I've always discussed that, you know, if we are going to these other planets, et cetera, et cetera, they're not telling us how it's not rocket propulsion. That's Johnny nonsense and bullshit. But we are going to be sending machines. I mean, Dennis Bushnell, the head of NASA, revealed that many times over in interviews. People don't know who he is. He's been there a long time. He's a big transhumanist. Now, the other aspect to that is we now have the digital technology that you will believe 110 fucking percent that Atlas robots are on the moon if they want you to believe that. I mean, you, right. there's no way that couldn't be created, A, with Atlas robots right. and special effects or purely CGI at this point. And they're right. conditioning you to believe that the next moon mission will be the fucking robots that are saving the universe with DARPA. Again, promoting automation, getting you ready for transhumanism, accepting a UBI amongst the plagues. After all, the robots can't carry the Delta variant fucking 12 uh, <laughs> squared or whatever the fuck they're going to call it. I mean, we're here, man. This is it. But it's also like about powerlessness. Like these robots are so powerful, you can't fight back. They're here. They're the most powerful things. They've been to the moon. We haven't been back to the moon since those three Freemasons went. So, I mean, it's it. This is, I mean, Project Bluebeam. All this is about so much of science, man, is about powerlessness making you feel like a speck of shit and that you have no power against big brother how, how about we point out the fact that the 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 whole the whole discussion of the moon is that, that that happened and there's and there's plenty of valid criticism about you know and i think verifiable information to show that at least the story we were told was wildly not true and then i think all this time passes and now when they've got the technology to make it look like we go there suddenly we go back why didn't you know up until this whole time frame and now it's like now we can do it because we can make it look like we did that's just a thought but to, to the other point about the the robot part of it you know is there there there's a lot there's a lot happening around that discussion that I think definitely plays in with what Jason's saying, what Sam is saying. And I think it, it's it's more about transitioning us into something else that makes us feel like we're taking the next step, right? I mean, there, there's like Sam is saying, there's a thousand different things that have been illusory. Like the moon thing, I, I, I mean, I would actually love to talk about that because that's something that people are so afraid to dive into. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's verifiably false. Like, and I'm not saying that doesn't mean we couldn't go there or that we didn't. I'm just saying that what we were told is obviously incorrect. And so now it's like they're mm. driving us into a place to where we can, like, retroactively verify things, even though it's not happening. I don't know, it's just so convoluted. It's incredible. I, think I just had... Us, oh, oh, I, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, Jean. I was... I think uh, Hollywood always tells us what they're capable of. And how long ago did Forrest Gump come out? 
they showed us exactly what CGI is capable of back then. And if you also look at the Richard Bachman books, which later became a movie, movie The Running Man, um, all the whole entire thing is pre-crime and deep fake, the whole entire movie plot. So it's um, more surprising to me that everybody is really shocked and surprised, like 2010 of it all, that there's deep fakes where I'm like, we all watched Forrest Gump together. They literally spoon-fed us that movie and showed us that they can fuck around with any of our history and put anything they want on top of it. And that shows you that point of going back even further, like Sam was saying also, is that this this is... Think, I mean, I've said this forever. I mean, what they're showing you now is like the current thing they were probably testing in a foreign country 30 years ago. You know what I mean? And, and now they're suddenly going new for the people, you know? And that's... Think, think about how far ahead that is now. Like we're saying, like, what if Biden's Every, uh, every other thing he's doing is he's literally not even there. You know, maybe he's bedridden right now. Like, I wouldn't be surprised for one second that that's happening or Trump or Obama or anybody. You know, I mean, it's very clear. And like Jason said, those videos of Obama and everybody else, that guy, when he made those, his whole point was he did that really fast. It was like no problem. And he made the same point then. The people that are doing this professionally, I mean, they are light years ahead. The, the, he, I remember that interview. The guy said that they are unable to catch up to where the new technology is. Every time they figure out how to stop and prove it's a deep fake, they're four steps ahead. And that was like mm -hmm. five years ago. <laughs> so I was like, no, yeah. we are now. There's a really good book called uh, Life 3.0 or Life 2.0, I think. I can't remember. But anyway, by a guy named Max Tegmark. And it really talks about the uh, future of AI, like different AI scenarios. And it's really mind opening. Like it's just like and, and it talks about like certain things like the like the 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 containment problem where, you know, if you program an AI to do a certain thing, you know, how are you ensuring that it will uh, stay contained in a certain limitation? And the example they use is the paperclip, uh, the paperclip analogy, where if you program this. AI device to go and, and make turn make be the most efficient paperclip maker in the world. And it figures out a way to do that and recursively improves upon itself to the point where it turns every single atom in the whole universe into paperclips. It just goes out and there's no way to stop it. You know, that's that's kind of the idea. And it talks about in the beginning of the book, like this this scenario about how AI like literally comes online, but it kind of stays like the ghost in the machine and it creates all of these deep fake basically orchestrates a deep fake reality that 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 is presented to everybody and and you know the computer kind of anticipates and and it's just it's just crazy it's crazy to think about but it's like you know when you bring it back and i know um tracy twyman uh was like during towards the end of her life she was really making podcasts about this this same exact notion that like you know she was being electronically harassed and the whole idea of like she was just questioning the actual nature of reality in general and why wouldn't there be some sort of ai that came online and created these deep fakes to, to for its own like autonomous uh you know needs it's just it's it, it you know how far do we want to take it you know it, i mean and and why not i mean literally it's crazy i've never met any of you guys i don't know you know but you know it's yeah. like it's crazy you know it would probably stop it's better to to promote localized communities than I mean these online things are great but uh, localized communities are much yeah. better. I, you know, it got me thinking. I cannot remember which Philip K. Dick novel it was that I was listening to on an audio book like a decade ago, and I just keep getting this vision that Dick was already talking about like virtualized commentators back in the seventies. Well, he communicated with aliens. Something like that, yeah. I must have came in at a perfect time because you guys are talking, speaking my language right now. Glad to be here. <laughs> I'm doing, uh, I'm doing things that kind of guys who don't have a home do. I'm in a Starbucks parking lot. Uh, I've been try, I've been flying around. I was just tried to go to McDonald's to get on their Wi-Fi because my Wi-Fi where I was at wasn't working, and 
I uh, just love what you guys are talking about. I was just uh, looking at a uh, a book, 1953, Werner von Braun, The Mars Project, predicted Elon would lead humanity to Mars. Jason Burmis, I know you like that. I don't know if you knew about that. Oh, I know. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, how ridiculous does it have to be when the Red Hot Chili Peppers tell us space may be the final frontier, but it's made in the Hollywood basement. I mean, that's mm. what we're dealing with right now. And uh, I, I just... always thought that song was about meth. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, space isn't a place. We're not going there. $61 million a day to NASA, which means to deceive in Hebrew. I mean, we're not going there. We can't even get people to leave their couch, you know, well, let, and, let me, and let leave their that. living rooms. This and is... we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to go to Mars. This is the interesting <laughs> part about this conversation for me, though, right, is so... I agree with you that it's very, very clear based on what was capable then, what we know we can barely accomplish now, and a million different points we could probably talk about. But why would, what, why do we then think that that means it doesn't exist? I'm open to that. I just, I think there's a, a middle ground there where people make an assumption about, you know, here we can prove that, like for instance, like here we can, you know, look at this weird stuff going on in Antarctica. Therefore, the Earth is flat. And I'm like, well, <laughs> different concepts, but there's a lot of in middle ground there that I have. I'm oh, looking, there's more than one you know? way to spin the narrative. I mean, no, I mean, I'm interested in both. And, and you know, the one that I find the most appealing is, well, maybe the moon footage was faked, but there was a real mission. Right, that just didn't get broadcast. I think right. I think both are true. I think we we did go to the moon, but they had to fake the footage because you can't leave anything up to a variable when so much is on the line. So you had to do exactly. pre-roll stuff, and uh, if you didn't get the real footage, you broadcast the fake stuff. So you're not really lying. You actually went to the moon. It was just done a couple of weeks before you actually went to the moon because it was a big propaganda war. Mike. Have, have you watched the American Moon? No, no, not yet. <laughs> no, but I you, have. You need to. Oh yeah, Massimo has been on here, and uh, he's been on my show a bunch. But he, he, uh, yeah, watch it. I, I would I highly recommend people watching it because I think he makes a a very good argument. And I think actually you brought it up when he was on, and I forgot what he what he uh, he said. But he says that he gets that perspective <laughs> all the time. This idea of that, like, oh, maybe we did go, but you know, they faked some of the footage. Um, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, technology that we're aware of is not what people are capable of. I mean, what the capability. Well, and, and let's, you know, if you listen to that community very often, the one that uh, questions the whole narrative, you'll find some people talking about swearing up and down that when they watched it on TV, they saw like a glitch, like a, you know, a Coke bottle on the background. There was a shadow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, there's a lot no of VCRs at the time. No way to record the stuff on your TV. Well, I mean, how about just the idea that we're pretending that you could actually have a direct line to a phone call? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many parts of this that were so obviously made up. And you could you could right. make that just about PR stuff. You know, able to fake a call right. to look like we're doing it. But I, I'm really interested in like in Andrew's take on the on the crossover there because I I think that there is some valid points to be made about why it's like, well, here's an, here's an example of why we could argue that it doesn't even exist. You know, cause I'm always interested in that crossover there because sure. there's, there's an interesting amount of information there that needs to be like, we, you know, we should nail down. But I think that the, the problem with these larger things like the moon or, 
you know, even like a flat earth thing, I've done an entire podcast on that about why there's a whole bunch of unexplainable things in that topic, but it doesn't necessarily lead me to this conclusion, you know, but I think mm-hmm. they're almost made that way. So we lose ourselves in it. You know, I always right. point that out in the larger narrative today. They, just, they drop these little things in there that are like, yeah, I think that's probably real, but we dive into that knowing we won't find an answer. Meanwhile, we've got PCR, we can prove we've got this, we can prove, you know, and we mm-hmm. pull into those things. That's kind of how I look at that. You know, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I just I find it interesting when when NASA admits like they don't have the they destroyed the technology. Like this guy Don Pettit, NASA astronaut, <laughs> says, you know, uh, so I'd go back to the moon in a nanosecond. But the problem is, we destroyed that technology, and it's a painful process to build it back again. It, and I'm just like, what? Wait, so if we went to the moon and and they claim it's two hundred thirty-eight thousand miles away, two hundred forty thousand miles away, whatever they claim it is. On that ridiculous lunar landing, Ricky, you should pull that picture up just so we can get a visual out there to people to remind them. It took back off. (laughs) It It took back off. Yeah, 480,000 miles. Computing power that that you could just about run a Casio watch with. (laughs) 480,000 miles. Do you know how far that is? Through the Van Allen belt twice. Well, in the same craft <laughs> with the same equipment. Not so, buying it. Not here, buying it. Here's what I would say to people, uh, number one. Like, right now, there's a big push for space, and they're propagandizing it with big tech. It's it's coupled, right? The big dick race is Bezos, the bald supervillain, but you still love Amazon. He could be my Lex Luthor, you know, get some hero stories in there. Uh, and then Branson, you know, up in their little spaceships, and then Musk on the peripheral you know, with his Starlink, Neuralink, Blackjack combo. With those two guys, Branson and um, Dick Riding Bezos, because his really did look like a dick. It was unbelievable. Um, They only went about 50 to 60,000 miles up in the air. Now, if you listen to Area 51 from Annie Jacobson, our military was doing this in the 50s. Like the Mm -hmm. ox cart projects and all these other Mm -hmm. things, we're going actually well beyond that and getting into the eighty to ninety thousand mile range. Now, if you're telling me the commercialized space technology of 2021, 70 plus years of billionaires in the military industrial complex shouldn't be better, I mean that's imagination land. But what are you watching? I mean, one, you saw Bezos have like the traditional rocket takeoff. We're strapped in. Let's do it. And then they kind of got away with some real Johnny nonsense on uh, Richard Branson. They got a plane to about, what, 40, 50,000 feet elevation. And then they let his little rocket take off off of the, the, the plane. It's like almost like a little scoot scoot, you know, like it was like a, a Jetsons car. In my like opinion. a surfer getting towed in. It was ridiculous. And, and this is what so I'm saying. fake that it must be real. It well, looks so fake that it they must fucking be real. said that. That's a quote. From that is Elon a real Musk. quote from Elon Werner von Braun's buddy from 1953. <laughs> you know, uh, the Nazi scientist who was involved with Walt Disney and all. He oversaw every moon mission. Every moon mission. They went six times. But Buzz Aldrin, when asked by an eight-year-old girl, why haven't we been back to the moon in such a long time, Mr. Buzz? He you her. shut your whore mouth! <laughs> he laughed. He laughed. <laughs> he was he said, drunk. Huh, huh. He said, huh, that's not an eight-year-old's question. That's my question. Because the truth is, we didn't go there. And that's the way it happened. 
And if it didn't happen, it'd be nice to know why it didn't happen. So I think when these people speak, as, as ridiculous as it seems, I think we need to take them seriously in, in many regards. Like, I do subscribe to a flat earth cosmology that everything in the heavens is revolving around us because a lot of these star maps have been the same for eons. And there's just so much. We won't. We don't have to go down there. But in terms of where I start, my starting point is I don't trust a fucking word that Walt Disney, Werner von Braun, uh, Jack Parsons, <laughs> and uh, anyone else say about our cosmology because I think it's intended to keep us totally distracted and lost. I mean, there's literally billboards in Charlotte that say "Get lost." And on the other side of the highway, it says, you know, just this is my shot to travel again. This is my shot at a normal life. All these kinds of things. I think it's meant to really distract us and keep us lost on a deep spiritual level. And I say this from a perspective of a former heroin addict who wanted to kill myself not too long ago, who didn't have God. I didn't have the divine creator in my heart. I, I thought that we formed from a, a Big Bang cosmic sneeze accident uh, that formed from an explosion from nothing right they, they want us to outsource our thinking to them and as long as we do that right we, we're all scientists here i can practice science if i take this notebook and i drop it that's a scientific experiment i mean literally and obviously it goes science all it is is observable repeatable measurable and if we can do those things we're scientists. So when I try to recreate a big bang explosion to create everything out of nothing, I'm going to come up empty every single time. And what it kept, what it, what it did for me as an atheist who was completely lost, I was completely nihilistic, black pilled, no, not wanting to be around. I was, I was locked into this cycle of trauma. And it was because I just felt like my life didn't really matter. Like I wasn't important. And I'm not significant, but what I realized is that I am a divine being. I, I am really important and significant. Everyone here in this room and everyone out there listening, you are important and you're incredibly significant and your life matters. Just like Howard Beale said in the movie Network, right? <laughs> My life has meaning and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm mad as hell. It starts with getting mad and... It's like we have to be able to control our emotions and to navigate this crazy world with all these deceptions and these sophisticated tricks of keeping us divided. Deceived, deceived distracted, divided, kept selfish, asleep, and sedated. So when I got the divine creator in my heart and then I'm looking above above me and I'm seeing that there, there is a, a – it's like a clock. The sun and the moon are perfect polar opposites. Probably, I mean, so much closer. They, they've changed the distance that the sun is about five different times. They went from, oh, it's 2 million miles away to it's 12 million miles away. Now it's 93 million miles away. And it's just, it's just an endless sea of deception. And I think, Ryan, like you were saying, I don't think we should get so caught up in all of it to the point where people like us are just bickering back and forth about what the shape of the earth is. I think it's incredibly important to use our own eyes and our own ears and our senses. George Orwell said in 1984, the party told you to ignore the evidence of your eyes and your ears. It was their final most essential command. 
And when I go out and hike mountains and I return to nature, like I did last year to overcome that, you know, that addiction and wanting to kill myself. Cause that's what I did. I used plant medicine, psilocybin, and I walk in the woods and I healed my soul. I healed my spirit, I healed my heart. And, um, when, when we outsource our thinking to someone else, they're going to think for us and they're going to decide things for us that are never going to benefit our lives in any meaningful way whatsoever at all. So when I go hiking and I'm on the top of a mountain and I'm looking out and I can see for hundreds of miles with a naked eye, that's, that tells me something. And if spherical trigonometry is a thing, which they claim it is, According to the, the, the shape of the earth, the size of the earth that they claim is 25,000 miles in diameter, that should equate to eight inches times the distance squared. So eight inches times, say if it's 100 miles away, 100 times 100 times eight inches divided by 12 will get you 6,666 feet below your line of sight. And I'm not seeing that when I go out there. So that's kind of what prompted me into just opening up my mind and my heart and getting to a humble place to maybe be receptive to this. I'm not claiming I know what it is. And I don't think we should bicker back and forth about these things because that's why we're in this mess. People that are on a search for the truth, we get too bogged down in these differences that we have where they're planes on 9-11, where they're not planes, where they're all these different kinds of things. And we're just over here spinning our wheels and giving away our precious life force energy. And here we are in 2021 with forced vaccines for just about everybody on the planet. I mean, we're getting the kind of government we deserve because we've been kept asleep. We, we have been asleep. Not I've been gone five minutes. And, you, and when I come back, you guys are talking flat earth. <laughs> I think I think it's so amazing that you know you use that as a catalyst to have some you know connection to a higher source that helped you in your recovery. You know I'm in recovery too, and like you know I've like you know I told these guys this is before you got here, Andy, Andy, but uh, you know I was like working as a drug and alcohol counselor before this, so this whole time I should have just been teaching them flat Earth. Oh my God, <laughs> damn, damn. Here, here, here's what I want to tell you, it's, man. It's multifaceted, you know. It just, no, it is. And here's what I want to say. I could sit down a flat earth person. I could sit down a globe person and they'll both give you so much information. You'll be like, I don't know. So you know what I'm starting to think? It is what you want it to be. That mm -hmm. this place is so special. I mean, it really is so special that you can find evidence that you want. It is your, your reality is what you perceive. It comes and down to that's questions. Right. Like that's I think Andrew was saying is like it comes down to simply asking questions and being open to different responses, different possibilities. And I think we all agree with that. Right. I mean, the problem today, kind of think what you were centering on there, Andrew, is that we tend to focus too much in on our false certainty or what we think we know about things. And I think that does hinder this this community, independent media at large. A lot of times like 9-11 is a great example. I mean, obviously, I think we could go around the table and we will all have a minor difference in how we think something went down or what we think is absolutely proven. And at the end of the day, as long as we can agree that the government lied to us and the government was involved and what That's happened there is something we need to fight against, then it's like, you know, that, then we can bridge that. And so I do agree. You know, I think that's kind of what I was touching on before is that there's a lot of that stuff out there. There's a lot of things that are worth questioning that we're supposed to not talk about. But it's like we just, you know, we need to recognize who the problem is and that we're all on the same side, you know. So I totally agree with that. They yeah, say all the time, real quick, sorry, that, you know, the left eats itself alive. They say it. I see that in the 
alternative media truth community all the time. I mean, people mm -hmm. like, oh, this person's a shill. That person's a shill. Well, I go, well, right. what's their message? And if they, okay, is their message on point? Does it add up when you do research? So it's like, you know, Noam Chomsky once said, show me the clean money and I'll take it. Sometimes people don't know where all their funding's coming from all the time. So, I mean, my whole thing is like, I just stop pointing fingers. This person's a bad person. That person's a bad. I just like, I kind of just follow some people that I, you know, that on the, you know, internet, I trust and I go with that. And then that, I don't really, suck. I mean, like I have friends of mine who are just like, this person's the, this, this person's that. It's like, that's so tiring. Yeah. It tears us apart. I mean, what, look at what, look, what's the main point of what they're trying to accomplish right now, or right, one of the main points is dividing everybody. Like I think uh, Scott and I were just talking earlier today in an interview, I'll, I'll be putting out of ours tomorrow, but that we talked about the division, you know, and how every little microcosm of the larger picture is being divided. Your family unit, your town, you know, your, whether even politics aren't even, it's, it's like every little, whether you're in a group that's even bipartisan, it's being, people are being divided now by whether or not you wear a mask or whether or not you choose to take part in this medical intervention. And it, I hope we all see it really is nonpartisan. I mean, you got people across the board who are afraid of this thing, whether Democrat or Republican, and, and that's what they're afraid of, you know? And so that's why they're splitting us in a different way. I mean, that's one way I see it. Have you seen the protest mm -hmm. footage out of New York City over the last several days? That is as bipartisan and like rainbow coalition as you could possibly get, man. The uh my my friend Skylight was tweeting it out and she was like, Wow, look at all these, you know white male right wing repito and it's just like all black and latino people it's like, and, and, and that's that's what's entirely necessary and it's so important that it it falls along the lines of there's no team sports involved in this we're coming together as freely associating human beings to stand against tyranny once we've stood against tyranny, we can figure out what we're going to do after that. But the reward is figuring out what we get to do after that because the other choice is tyranny. And That's it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, you know, to that to that point here in Oregon, you know, a lot of the, the, the flyers that are coming out, you know, advertising a lot of these medical freedom rallies are saying, you know, this is a bipartisan, non-political events, like leave your political science at home because, you know, that's been my experience like the, over the last, like the summer of 2020, you know, we were trying to go do a medical freedom rally and then it'd be like everybody at their Trump signs. And like at the time, it's like, there's nothing more polarizing in the entire universe than, than a Trump flag. You know what I mean? And it's like, we're not here to do that. You know, we're, we're here for like what Steve said, you know, this is, this is the unifying force that should be bringing all sides together, you know? So yeah, definitely if this transcends that and, and I'm definitely seeing that for sure. I got, I got a speech here real quick. If you give me like 30 seconds, I think most of you could probably point out where it's from. So I'm just going to read it real quick. Cause it's, it, it talks to, uh, you know, how, how we all kind of all serve as unwitting accomplices in building the system that we're in right now. We're all co-creators in this thing. We've, we've played into the divide. We, we point our fingers. We work for these evil corporations. So I'm going to read this real quick. I think you all know where this is from. Our impulses are being redirected. We are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. The movement was begun eight months ago by a small group of scientists who discovered Quite by accident, the signals being sent through. The poor and the underclass are growing. Racial justice and human rights are non-existent. They have created a repressive society. And we are their unwitting accomplices. 
Their intention to rule rests with the annihilation of consciousness. We have been lulled into a trance. They have made us indifferent to ourselves, to others. We are focused only on our own gain. Please understand, they are safe as long as they are not discovered. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep, keep us selfish, keep us sedated. Any of you know where that speech is from? 1988, they, they live, the bearded man, mm -hmm. when he interrupts the signal at the homeless camp and the guy's like, the homeless guy's like, God damn, that's the second time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy comes, he beams himself in. And I, I say that a lot. I say, I'm done pointing fingers. I've done that my whole life. I've always pointed at my oppressor, my the person who abused me when I was little. I wanted to kill people in my life that were close to me because I blame them for this, the mess of a world I found myself in as a heroin addict wanting to literally end my life. I, I took 60 pills at once. I took 120 pills in one night and didn't give a fuck what the result was going to be because I didn't want to be in this realm anymore, whatever it is, flat, round, convex. I, I mean, I do care. And I subscribed to the flat model, but I just saw a video last night that was like from this guy, John Levy. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he's an amazing researcher. He does a lot of stuff about ancient architecture that's been hidden from us and Tartaria and all these kinds of things. And he did his video and said, do we live in a crater? I'll send it to the chat afterwards. I, I, it's a short video. And basically he's, he's pointing to some research that was done that, that says the moon might actually be a reflection of the earth and that our world is just this small sort of convex little puddle uh, theory. What's that? It's the puddle theory, I think. Yes. Yes. And now, and we know about other, you know, old ancient maps that point to all this other land being outside or, or uh, you know, of, of our realm that we've been told is our realm based on these maps that we have. And, I just think we, if we can stay open and we can stay in a humble place and stop pointing fingers and stop just caring about our own lives. I mean, I quit CVS pharmacy, walked away from $94,000 a year just recently to do this independent activism and journalism and trying to cover these freedom events here in North Carolina. And my girlfriend left me because of it. I moved down to North Carolina to be with my girlfriend. And my entire family has pushed me away. Um, you want to talk about divide and conquer. I had a cousin that told me to kill myself. My mom said I wasn't good enough for love. My brother stopped talking to me. He had a, he had a baby boy last year. I'm my uncle now. That changed me. Being an uncle changed me, you know, like in so many ways. And I realized that this is so much bigger than me. I started a podcast last year and a YouTube channel because I didn't have anyone to talk to. I was trying to expose these things and uh, talk about these things calmly with my parents and my family members and my friends. And then they would just call me crazy. And because I didn't really know how to navigate this new space that I'm in, this open, receptive space that I'm in, where I always say I'd rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. That's what I always say. But they've divided us in ways that we could never imagine. My own mother who literally when I was a kid, like I remember her like just going to war for me and being a lioness, like anything, even if I was wrong and I told her I was wrong, she would still go and stick up for me. And now 
you know, 30 years later or whatever, it's like they're now they're pushing me away because of the programming that they're getting on a constant, persistent 24 7, 365 loop. And it's just mind blowing that uh, we're so divided. And I think if we could find love and compassion and stop calling these people, this is for me personally speaking, not telling anyone how to how to live or, or how to view others, but we could stop calling them zombies and sheep and automatons and drones and morons and idiots. I really think that we could may, maybe they have a chance, but it's we, as many of you in this community know, we're not going to just wake people up. They have to come to this realization on their own. These nurses and doctors that have been standing up in North Carolina prior to July 22nd, when it was announced that all these hospital systems were requiring the shot, they weren't, they weren't standing up and asking these questions. They're asking these questions because now their lives and their livelihood is on the line because of the tyranny. They were never going to wake up and ask the questions they're asking one month later until that happened to them and it, and it intercepted and affected their own little bubble and their own worldview. So it's not our job to wake everyone up, but we don't need everyone, right? There's some people I think that are here and they're not meant to ascend to that next level, that next journey, whatever this whatever this is, whether we reincarnate or nobody really truly knows where we go once we expire from this physical body. You know, I, I feel that we're eternal beings, we're, we're energetic beings just having an experience. And I almost feel like I've been here before and maybe we're going to be here again. I don't know, but we need to stop putting walls up around ideas of the afterlife and ideas of politics and all these different things. We need to put those things aside, put it down, stay grounded in humility and in in a place that's open and receptive and loving and kind and compassionate and caring. We could literally move mountains, man. We could build this new earth, this world that we want to see where it's free of coercion and free of violence and, you know, free of all these grand deceptions and we could bi- we could build a world that's you know um, beautiful and amazing for Sam's kids and anyone out there that's a, a parent. That's why I do what I do because it's bigger than me. It's so much bigger than me, and I don't care what happens to me in his body. I mean, I'm couch surfing right now. I, I don't know where I'm going to live in two weeks, but it doesn't matter. None of that matters. I, what matters is why. My why. All of us are why. What's what's your why out there? Is it you? Is it a little bit more money or is it these kids? Is it Jason? Is it your nieces? You know, is it, I mean, I, I've been following you for a while and I, I just, I love your courage. I like how you get out of New York and I, I love the work that you've done. And, you know, I mean, we have to raise up and stop blaming other people because we've all built this thing together. You know, we've, we've blamed other people. I used to call brown people towel heads and things like that. When I was 16 years old, when 9-11 happened, they told me brown people did it. And here I am judging every single Muslim that walks by me and I'm scared and I'm living in this fear-based consciousness and fear-based reactions and they manipulated me. But it doesn't make what I said or did any less wrong. It was wrong. It's because I was 16 and manipulated. I'm still casting evil out into the world and and I'm stereotyping brown people who don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. CIA and the government is the biggest terrorist in the world, all governments in every country. And it's it's provable fact. I mean, when you read stuff like from the Washington Post in 1977, it says the U.S. government experiment on the American people 239 times in these secret germ warfare experiments. And you show that to somebody 
and you just watch their reaction. You watch how they try to justify and rational. Oh, they're different people now. Those were the old people. <laughs> no, it's, it's mind blowing to me that we have. I, I mean, you could literally go on and on. Gulf of Tonkin, they admitted that was a lie. I've met veterans in my in this work that I'm doing, veterans of that conflict that can't even sleep with their spouse. They can't sleep with their wife because they get night terrors. And I met some guy named Sidekick Sam, and he literally told me how he hasn't shared a bed with his wife in like 30 years. He woke up one day and he's he's on top of her and he's choking her out and he's got a, a black eye and a bloody nose and he and he wakes up out of this night terror blackout. And he doesn't know where he is. He thought he was literally in the jungle again. And this is because they use these people as pawns in foreign policy. Henry Kissinger said that. Military men, and these are not my words for any veterans listening out there. Military men are just dumb, stupid animals to be used as pawns in foreign policy. That's what Henry Kissinger said about the military. Scott, I'm wondering if you, when you're dealing with your your patient, you know, the people that you work with and the drugs and alcohol was, were there a lot of them uh, that were on that because of what they saw overseas in the wars and things like that? Uh, you know, I know that there's probably a segment of the population, but I wouldn't say it's the predominant one, at least in our area. I wouldn't say, but yes, absolutely. Um, I feel like there's a, you know, I would say more so, uh, in, in recovery, like I said, so I work, you know, my own personal program of recovery and, uh, uh, absolutely. I would think that that's a very large segment of the population. My, I was primarily, you know, outpatient counseling for majority of my caseload was like mothers that got involved with like child welfare. You know what I mean? Um, but yes, I would say in general, I would say out of any population, I would say probably yes, substance use issues affect veterans probably disproportionately to other segments of the population. Absolutely. And with your work, are you licensed? Yep. So when you were, when we were talking earlier about your work, were they threatening your license? No, there was no action taken against my license. There was nothing that was, uh, you know, no ethical anything, nothing like that. So, yeah, no, that's still in effect. Because that has me concerned about yeah. a potential choke point or pressure point for these maniacs where they could go after, you know, uh, they could make, you know, renewing your driver's license, yep, renewing exactly. your commercial driver's license, removing yep. your, re renewing your real estate license, conditional yep. upon proof of vaccination. 100%. Then they've, yeah. they've got a real problem. I mean, then there's a lot of people they can impact right away. And so I'm curious about that as we go forward. Are we going to start to see them uh, in an attempt to sort of take uh, take large chunks of the population uh, and, and make them, you know, submit? Yeah, well, are they going to go after licensing? Well, if they're making employment conditional on the vax, then the next step is that. It's already happened. Yeah. I've already seen examples of that happening. Yeah. yeah let, me, let me talk about that. There's two I can give you right now in my own personal life. Yesterday, um, on a doctor level, this doctor told me, um, number one, the youngest person that had died of the vaccination was 27 years old. He happened to be a male nurse, and he took the shot at work. He said about three hours later that he, uh, he didn't feel good. They didn't have anybody to... Um, to basically supplant him. So he stayed half an hour later, they found him basically dead. He flatlined a half an hour after that. So four hours after taking, um, I believe it was the first shot. I think it was the first, it may have been the second. Don't quote me on that. And this guy said he couldn't go on and talk about it. You know, it wasn't allowed. He also said he wasn't allowed to speak 
about quote unquote misinformation of the vaccine or his license had already been threatened as a medical doctor. So out of the gates, he can't go beyond what's out there in talking points. Now, as far as vaccination status, let's take it beyond uh, the COVID-1984 vaccine. You know, one of the reasons I did move my nieces out here, and, and I appreciate that, Andrew. Um, obviously, that was a big decision in getting out of New York, but I was leaving New York anyway. I'm glad I could find somewhere where they're going to school without masks. And we were able to get our religious exemption again for um all vaccinations. Now, in New York, they'd already taken that away in January before COVID-1984 kicked off, and they were trying to get them to take all these shots. Now, here's the kicker. They're on Medicaid. Um, obviously, they're not my kids, so I don't have them under my insurance or anything like that. They need to get a school physical before class this year, and three separate places refused them because Medicaid was their type of insurance, and they did not have their full vaccination record. So in other words, they weren't fully vaccinated, and now the state is stepping in, and certain places will no longer take that. So we did end up having to pay out of pocket to get them their physicals at a different doctor's office. So basically, they're going to squeeze the underclass very quickly, um, not just on COVID-1984 vaccines, but all mandated shots for your children, or you will not be able to receive care. It's already here. So those mandates, they're coming through, Charlie. There's no doubt about it, man. And uh, they're going to come through in rapid pace. I think a lot of people are becoming aware that that is the next step. Like I said, the next step is not just localized mandates and your job. It's the five-month booster, which will be part of those mandates, and your kids. On that note, if anyone's anywhere near Sacramento, California, Thursday and the following Wednesday, there are... Uh, huge scheduled protests against the mandates and, and forced vax. Um, please come out if you're anywhere near that. I don't know if I can make Thursday. Damn sure going to be there on the 8th. And Thursday, this Thursday here, the Quad Cities, Bettendorf, like they did in Genesis and Davenport, I will be at a protest 4 to 6 p.m., uh, for the Trinity Healthcare System. We hope to have at least uh, the several hundred turnout we did this time. I'd honestly love to double it. And if we could get a big audience, a thousand people out there, because the more people out there saying that this is wrong, the more support. I mean, look, I was there for two hours and there was one car that ended up pulling over and screaming at these people. And then I saw two teenage girls flip us off. Other than that, it was wildly positive. You know, almost, you know, three quarters of the cars beeped, waved, thumbs up. They get it. They understand this. So, uh, again, the more you can get out there and do your thing in person, whether it's holding the sign, whether it's getting somebody water in the heat, whatever, it really does matter. And it makes a difference because, like I said, all these mandates are working their way in. And if you think it's just going to be the COVID-1984 shit, no, man, it's a backlog. It's a front log. It's a whatever log. It, it, It is totally against your human autonomy. I want to add real quickly that the FDA documentation still currently, as of last update of August 23rd, still says on there that they will not, your medical treatment will not change if you refuse this shot, along with about 14 other things I can point out that they're currently not doing, like having medical equipment necessary for all possible side effects at any location it's being given, like the Waffle House and the bar and wherever it's Uh. it's not happening. But the point is that they are already breaking that. Right. By doctors saying we won't give you treatment because you're unvaccinated or insurance company or or at Scott's point of people saying you can't come in for for counseling because you don't have your. I mean, these are all violations of that. And and to, to your to your question, Charlie, I think it's what's interesting to me, specifically, even in Scott's point, again, because we just talked about this is I genuinely think that they are avoiding removing his license because then that makes it a legal possible case. 
Like they're going to go, well, we'll just get rid of you for some of the thing or we'll indefinitely suspend you on Twitter instead of deleting you because we're still unsure about the legal standing. I kind of think that's what we're going to see. And Jason, to Jason's point, instead of doing, we'll just remove it from you. They're going to create a system where, sure, you can pretend to have a choice, but every single step along the way doesn't happen because of one other thing you don't have because of the one thing about a vaccine passport or however that works out. You know, so that, I think they're very carefully stepping along this line because I think they know that we all see that this is off the rails, but they've committed. Like we said, we all, like we all said this. This is an endgame scenario. I think we all feel that right now. And to wrap up the idea on your kids, I've already reported on this week, Fox 32, um, Cook County, Chicago. We have a woman and who knows what the backstory is and what happened in back rooms. Uh, but you had a woman uh, who has been divorced from her husband for seven years who had joint custody of her son. She was asked in court if she had been vaccinated. She said no. The judge took away all rights for her to see her son until she takes the COVID vaccine. That is real. Uh, I believe her boyfriend contacted me via YouTube yesterday. If that's real, I'm going to go interview her myself. Uh, But this is madness. When I say they're coming for your kids, they're coming for your fucking kids. So the husband, didn't even bring it up. the husband didn't even bring that up. The, the, the judge right. just said, oh, by the way, are you vaccinated? And then did his own thing. Even the guy was like, that's crazy. I didn't even talk about that. This is uh, off the uh, rails. Apparently, apparently this has been confirmed through the attorneys of both yeah. sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's not parental rights that's in question. It's, yeah. Uh, Visitation. It's Visitation. Visitation. Yeah. yeah. Which is so crazy, though. I mean, the fact that she's not able to see her son because of his choice about something that is not like her. Remember her answer was something like I've had him in the past and I've got bad reactions. He didn't ask like, are you immunocompromised? Do you have natural immunity? He just said, you're done. I'm pulling the plug yeah. because I have a political stance. That's crazy. And, That's not a well, judge. I, fired. And, and this is really a serious problem, but understand there's no way for the courts to enforce that. So if the father wants to let the kids visit the mom, it, it's going to happen. I'm not saying that to minimize it. Okay. I'm just. Well, the problem is that now people can leverage this. For instance, they were apparently in court because the husband or the father was asking for support for the mother. In other words, financial Mm -hmm. support. So again, I don't know the inner workings of it, but under no circumstance should a judge even ask that question, let alone rule in any manner uh, on that. And, and And I think that Robert Barnes made a really good point about how judges by and large have a mindset of authoritarianism and they tend to be older so they tend to feel at risk personally to the situation so they apply that on all their decisions the problem is that the other lawyer with the the husband that's where this and to your point jason that's why this all kind of snowballed is he jumped on it and was like good we won like of course a lawyer would and then he leans into it he's like yeah because the the child should be safe and he's the one that Mm -hmm. said this is now going to be a precedent going forward for these and and you're right Mm -hmm. that this whether they mend it or not that ball is rolling and that's Mm -hmm. we're going to see the snowball i bet you we're going to see a lot more kids removed because they say well that judge did it there's a precedent that's right um, Charlie, I know that we're wrapping it up, so I just want to thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I love the Union of the Unwanted. Great to see everybody again. And uh, I would just say, look, this is it. So, you know, everything you can do, willful noncompliance, spreading the word, uh, getting real facts on there, out there. Uh, but but especially, stop playing pretend. We need to stop playing pretend. You can't acquiesce to any of this anymore, period, amen. Uh, they're telling you not to take horse medication. I mean, we fucking <laughs> crossed the Rubicon long ago. 
So uh, again, Rockfin, Rockfin, Rockfin. I want to say thank you to all my supporters out there. And uh, thanks to all you guys. Scott, where can people find your work? Uh, so we're at truezilla.org, all the audio platforms. We're on all the video platforms. Uh, haven't been posted on YouTube very much anymore. And I started a little freedom fund. If you guys are interested, it's give, send, go forward slash no vax, two X's. So anyway, say that guys, again so everyone can hear it. Okay. It's uh, give, send, go.com, not GoFundMe. We're not playing with those guys. Uh, forward slash no vax, N O V A X X. So anyway. Awesome. Thank Buffalo you and legs. Do you guys have anybody interesting on your show recently? Yeah, we just had you, Charlie. We released an episode with you today. Uh, we have another episode coming up on Friday with a with a COVID nurse. Um, she's going to be dropping some information on what's going on on everything we talked about today. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for inviting us to the big kids table. Appreciate it. I had so much. I had so much fun with you guys. We just went off the rails. It was it's hilarious. It was good. Yeah. It was uh, it's uh, refreshing. Oh, Matt, can you save everybody's life with your? with your amazing technology, please. Yeah. See us over at contentsafe.co. We can help you redistribute to a variety of platforms. And I welcome you to start uh, listening to my podcast, which is now privately being published on deplatformed.co. We'll be initially broadcasting those only over Telegram, but uh, we'll eventually be plugging that into IPFS and broadcasting out into the uh, greater platforms like rumble and float etc probably won't make it very far on youtube yeah yeah no shit (laughs) cheney what are you working on um you can find me at uh, projectcheney.com or anywhere you find your podcasts i have an episode coming out this week with gordo from those conspiracy guys that should be um fun and we were pissing our pants last time he was on here. <laughs> he's so great. He was he's, he's the best, like the easiest guest. Um and uh yeah, I just you know, I kind of went through all this shit last year by just being the one person that refused to mask up, knowing all this was gonna come and it was hard and it was bleak and there was all those scary times, but there is patriotic business owners out there that are desperate for good help and they are competing against unemployment and they are competing against the communist regime. And you might have to put your pride away or put your regurgitated education of your bachelor's or your master's or whatever they told you is your smart thing. And you might have to pick up a mop or you might have to pick up a welding torch or you might have to pick up a serving tray but the money's out there and the people are good. And this is what we have to do. You have to walk away from if It doesn't matter about your vax or not. If they're forcing somebody else to do it, you have to stop supporting those businesses. Mm, it doesn't matter about vaccines. If they're forcing your kid to wear a mask, you have to stop supporting that school board. And so it's a bunch of sacrifices and we're at this point now, but I promise there's good people out there that are looking for other good people and you just have to be ballsy enough to put it out there. So... Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, you guys. Agreed. Steve, I'm sorry I missed you in Denver this week. I just had so much shit going on. Oh, so no, did you. Me too. Um, slownewsdayshow.com, rockfin.com slash slownewsday at slownewsdayshow everywhere else. Uh, just had a great talk with Jared Beck. Um, if you're not familiar with him, he's a guy who sued the DNC for fraud in 2017. Um, fascinating conversation. Scott Horton from antiwar.com and the Libertarian Institute is on Thursday. Uh, Richard Gage, Sunday. Uh, Piers Robinson, Chrissy Marr. Good stuff coming up. Thank you guys so much. I, I love the hell out of this show and the concept and the panel. And 
yeah, fantastic. And we love you too. And everybody loves Steve. Andy, what's cooking? Where can people find you? Um, thanks, Charlie. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. So many heavy hitters here. Ryan, Jason, I've been following you guys for a while, and I'm just so grateful for your ability to be thorough and be questioning and because uh, I'm not the, the greatest researcher. I'm more of an intuitive field guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm best in this movement. Uh, my role is out on the streets because I got, I got the heart of a lion and I got a lot of love and compassion and I just want to dish that out to the world. That's where the silly hats come from. I like to make people smile, laugh. Even people wearing masks will come up to me when normally if I'm not wearing this hat, I don't get any any reaction at all from these folks. And they come up to me and they say, hey, I like your hat. And that that creates a an, an opening for me to maybe just talk to them as human beings. And uh, that's really honestly, um, I mean, I've, I've been able to move mountains here in Charlotte since I started doing this. Just talking to everyone, everywhere I go, while anywhere I go, right? I try not to go to the big box. You talking stores. to people? You talking to random strangers? Are you <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I really do, and uh, I think that's the way forward. And that's the message I'm trying to send on my on my show. Um, I mean, I don't have the time or the bandwidth necessarily to do these long shows anymore, but. Um, what's coming up for me is just hitting the streets as, as often as I can. I've been to 10 freedom events in the past, like three and a half weeks. I put like over 2000 miles on my car. Um, and, uh, I think eyes and boots on the ground is the, the greatest thing that we can do right now. I think if we could get that, these messages of all these nurses and doctors, cause in North Carolina, North Carolina is like one of the leaders in tyranny in this country right now. North Carolina, California, New York, India, uh, Illinois, sort of leading the charge in this tyranny. So I'm kind of right where I need to be. Um, it's not necessarily that pleasant because Mecklenburg County here in Charlotte just spoke and, you know, reinstituted the mask mandate. So now everyone's back in a mask. I mean, there's a little bit less than before. So I think there's progress there, um, but uh, just look for me to uh, keep spreading love and keep putting out these these uh, videos of me like challenging these mainstream media cameras and, and just trying to spread love because I don't even want to blame them necessarily because I met, I met a reporter at a gas station like a couple weeks ago. She worked for some mainstream media um, channel here in Charlotte and she was masked up and I was in there talking to the cashier. I had like four books. I had the contagion myth. I had goodbye germ theory. I had invisible rainbow. I had government, the biggest scam in history. I'm at the counter and I spent about two hours talking to this guy and all these parents are coming in. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I'm a reporter and I'm being censored. And when you kind of lead with that, they, they tend to, their ears perk up a little bit. You're like, wait, you're being censored. I'm like, yeah, I'm living out of that red car right there. <laughs> See all that shit in my backseat. I'm like, I gave it, I gave it all up. I'm like, and I'm getting blanket censored right now. And uh, they tend to want to listen when you tell them that, like, you're being silenced. And just people around Charlotte, I mean, there is good news. Like, because of all the people I talk to, what I've realized is I would say nine out of 10 people, eight out of 10 people are drawing their line on these vaccine mandates. They do not want this thing. They do Mm -hmm. not want it at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really empowering and inspiring sort of keep 
Yeah, and keep us posted on what I you will. see out there on the streets because we, we we definitely need it. And we'll wrap it up with Ryan. What are you doing besides getting banned off of everything you can get banned off of, including payment processing companies, email distribution lists? I don't know. <laughs> Add TikTok to the list. That just that's about to happen. <laughs> We're like one one more strike away from TikTok. <laughs> um, I, I got all sorts of you know, good things coming. Thanks for always inviting me. I, yeah, I, I love this group as well. I really think that there's a lot of good stuff here and a lot of good, you know, I think like we're all kind of the broadening out of different perspectives and coming together against the real problem, you know, so I really always loved the the conversation. Just looking at my calendar uh, upcoming here soon. I know I've got an interview with uh, uh, Andrew uh, Kaufman, Dr. Andrew Kaufman again, kind of got to dive back into that because a lot of, a lot of my audience is like, I'm more, on my, my, I've kind of drifted away from the concept of like, this is not real, you know, but I'm still very open to that. I can talk about the not isolation discussion. And I keep pointing out that that's a valid point. It hasn't, we haven't seen evidence of that. So I wanted to have him back on to try to like win me over, you know, show because I, there's a lot there that I still haven't got answers for. So that'll be a good one. Um, I'm going on glitching the code with Richard Woolett pretty soon. Oh, great. And then uh, two things coming up. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at uh, Dabu's knowledge conference. I believe that's the 19th of September. And then I think the 18th before that is another freedom rally in Franklin, Tennessee. So if you guys are ever in Tennessee, make sure you hit me up. So there's a lot of those little, I don't really make a big announcements for them because they're small things, but come to Tennessee, help us uh, do that local stuff. Cause that's where like, like you all, I'm sure we're all on the same page. I mean, th- we got to go local outward at this point. I don't even like, I'm not even mm-hmm. one to vote in national elections anymore because I genuinely don't think it makes any difference whatsoever. And I could pretty much prove that, but my County, right. My little street here, I can make all the difference in the world. And I think that's where we need to start out from, you know, but lots coming down the line anyway, just tune in to lastamericanvagabond.com, guys. Uh, and oh, last thing, great interview went out today, Dr. Michael Palmer and Catherine Austin Fitz. Uh, Taylor Hudak just interviewed and it's really much worth it's awesome. really worth your time it's well done so thanks for having me on guys yeah thank you so much uh, macroaggressions I've got Scott Horton coming on uh, this week as well if people are interested in that Mike are we are we done I think so I think we've done it all haven't we I think we have. What does Alex Jones think of it? Oh, God. He says... He's, he's, he's got to be ready to quit yeah, the show by, at, at some point. Yeah, you he's, know? He's, yeah. oh, we're not screening your call. You said, do, you, do you want to say anything else? Excuse me. Uh-uh. It's a family show. I'm serious, though. We're That's it. Here. I'm done today. We're out of here. We're done. We're out of here. I will quit this show today. <laughs> I want to walk away from this place so bad. <laughs> but I'll quit today. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. Much love. Peace.